the message this morning, and I can still say just this morning, <laughs> is the wonder of the cross. It is a wonderful thing, isn't it? We haven't begun to realize that. The wonder of the cross. As we think back through history, <clears throat> go back to creation, to Christ, up to Abraham was about 2,000 years, to Christ was about 4,000 years from creation to now it's about another 2,000 years. And I believe to the end of time, at the end of the millennium, it's going to be about seven. And so as you get the big picture, right almost smack in the middle is the cross. And I don't think it's a mistake that the cross is in the center. The cross where the Lord, our Savior, suffered and died. And our attention should be fixed and focused on the person on the cross, the Lord himself. There's a poem that I thought I haven't got time to read, but I think I should. Come see the place. He lay aside his priestly robes and came to earth one day, a darling helpless little babe upon a bed of hay. It was earth's first Christmas morn, come see the place where Christ was born. He came of lowly parentage, as poor as poor could be, the Lord of lords and King of kings, the man of Galilee. He, held, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, yet had no place to lay his head. And then in dark Gethsemane, Forsaken and alone, he knelt in silent agony beside a cold, hard stone. T'was there the Saviour was betrayed. Come see the place where Jesus prayed. Upon Mount, upon, upon Mount Calvary's rugged brow, he paid the debt for me. He bowed his precious head and died upon the cruel tree. They pierced his hands and pierced his side. Come see the place where Jesus died. They took him from the rugged cross and laid him in the tomb. They thought and felt quite satisfied that they'd sealed his doom. But angels rolled the stone away. Come see the place where Jesus lay. One day the clouds bore him away back to his father's throne. And all the blessed angelic hosts gave him a welcome home. His former glory he regains. Come see the place where Jesus reigns. There's still another one to add to that. I'd like someone to write it. <laughs> He's coming back. It's not finished yet. The wonder of the cross of the Lord Jesus. First of all, there's the wonder of the love that thought of the cross. Jesus didn't have to do it. But he thought of it and he did it. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't a plan gone wrong. He knew all that was going to happen before he did it. Before he created the world. Before he made man. 
He knew it was going to go the way it did. Let's pray before we start. Lord, thank you for the word that tells us the story of redemption, the plan of man and his fall and him being drawn back to God and the welcome home. And I pray that we would appreciate, every one of us, what you have done on our behalf. The wonder of all of this. Thank you, as we think your thoughts after you this morning, for this and doing it for us. We give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, the wonder of the love that thought of it. Where could we go better than John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And also in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16 there, it tells us, By this perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. By this we see his love for us. He laid it down for us. In 1 John 4.10, Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. It's evident throughout the scriptures that this is the wonder that God loved us even when we had gone astray. Just like a parent loves his child even when they go astray. Doesn't love the sin, but loves the child. And to top it all off, before the foundation of the world, God loves us. For as much as you know, you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without without blemish and without spot who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. This is a plan, as I said earlier, before the foundation of the world, before man was made, God planned this out. The wonder of that. That the Father, Son and Spirit planned the redemption of man before even man had fallen. You say, why did he go through with it? He did. (laughs) And that his son would humble himself, as Sam has said, and die on that cruel cross. Become a man and die on that cruel cross for us. Suffer the ridicule and all that he did as a sovereign God for us. The wonder of the love that thought of this plan. In the book of Romans, chapter 5 and verse 6, and following there, Romans 5, 6, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet, what? Sinners. Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life. Thank God that he thought of this before the world began, 
Thank God that he loved us before the world began. And back in the Gospel of John, chapter 21, after Peter had denied the Lord three times, there when the Lord was being cross-examined falsely, and then Peter met the Lord at the coals of fire, and the Lord questioned him. And so when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these? And Simon said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my sheep. And how many times did the Lord ask him that question? Three times. There's different words in the Greek for love, and Peter and, and the Lord used different words on this occasion. There's a word eros, it's not used here storge it's not used here but phileo and agape are used here and the lord jesus is saying to peter agape sacrificially do you love me agape and peter said phileo brotherly love i love you and and the lord asked him a second time phileo agape do you love me sacrificially peter and peter said lord i love you phileo brotherly love <laughs> And the Lord and asked him a third time, and by that time he's getting upset. Peter is getting upset, but the Lord then used the word phileo the third time. I mean, the first time. He said agape two times, and then he said phileo. Peter, I know you fell. And he's drawing out a confession, and, and Peter was really struggling. <laughs> well, so do we. We're just human, he, and the Lord knows that. He knows that our love isn't what it should be. It isn't as his love is to us. It's not sacrificial. It's not willing to give all at many times. Sometimes it is willing to give sacrificial, sacrificially. Sacrificial love is what God wants from us. Sacrificial love, a love of the will, whether we feel like it or not, we ought to give as God has given to us. The wonder of love, that thought of the plan of the cross. The second wonder, the wonder of the sacrifice that brought it. In Ephesians 5.2 it says, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Saviour. For sake of time we won't turn to them, but in Isaiah 53 we have the sacrifice, don't we, of the Lord Jesus mentioned. The wonder of the sacrifice that if Jewish people who are, might be listening in, just read your, your Bible. Read the book of Isaiah chapter 53 and see that it speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ, your Messiah, our Savior. And he sacrificed. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before her shearer is dumb. He opened not his mouth. His blood was shed for us, for you. For me, and that he gave his life a ransom for many. And read your psalm, our psalm, Psalm 22, there where it speaks of the sacrifice that was given, the wonder of the sacrifice. And then the, the Philippians that was read by Brother Sam this morning in chapter 2, in verse 7 and 8. But he made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant. It was made in the likeness of men for us. And in Genesis 22, the wonderful passage there where it 
speaks of Abraham and Isaac and Abraham taking Isaac and Isaac said, Dad, you've got the wood, you've got the fire, the matches, they had to carry the fire. And, but, but where's the lamb? And a wonderful statement that Abraham made that God will provide himself a lamb. And God provided himself a lamb. <laughs> he was the very lamb of God that was provided as a sacrifice. And as Abraham raised the knife to slay his son, God said, no, <laughs> there's a lamb caught in the thicket and provided a lamb. But God the Father went all the way to sacrifice his son for me, for you. We ought to be grateful, folk. He's done it for us. The wonder of the sacrifice. Please be thankful for it. The wonder, thirdly, of the preaching that taught of the cross. I hate time. Won't it be good to get into eternity? <laughs> An article here that talks about the shortness of sermons <laughs> and how people love to have short sermons. And there's a whole book written on it. Many believe, believers are gradually losing what spiritual comprehension they have ever had of just how vital preaching is. And I read, I don't mean that they'd opt for eliminating it altogether. In fact, most of them would quickly argue that they can't do without it. But the shallow depths of, to which, they, which many of them understand this is exposed by the kind of preaching they choose to listen to. Much of it is very short, and what there is of it contains very few of the actual words of God there is a little bit of Bible, a little bit of time, and most people are content with it, and they love to have it so. They almost have no concept of the fact that they, by nature, spiritual life must, not should, but must feed on large servings of the words of God, which alone are the spirit of life. Tragically, many Christians can hardly identify with the absolute necessity of this because they have never learned what it is to give the words of God a rich dwelling in their spirit. They have, in effect, scarcely began to really live on the words of God. As a result, they don't, in fact, they can't think God's thoughts after him. They constitutionally are incapable of it. Correspondingly, they appreciate their appreciation for the vitalness for the vital necessity of the right kind of preaching is stunted how many of you have worn one bible out in your lifetime how many have worn two how many have worn 10 You see, our lives will be shown, our spiritual life will be shown by what we've done with God's word, how we have appreciated it. Consider then how Christian people have so readily opted for more of what 
diminishes preaching centrality. More music, more liturgy, more formalism, more fellowship. That's the churches around. More testimonies, more light-hearted folksy chit-chat from the platform. More of most anything that is less taxing on the mind and less demanding of the spirit than biblical preaching. Though perhaps unwittingly, they are nevertheless effectively eroding the influence of the pulpit. They simply don't understand their choices, not only leave less and less time for the meat of the word, but even more insidiously develop in a church a large appetite for nearly anything but solid meat. Just give me a sweet dessert. There has been... And maybe are people in our church that would be like <clears throat> like to brief down and not beef up the word of the Lord. God has in listen to this these words from the word. God has in due times manifest his word through preaching, Titus one three. Christ sent me not to baptize but to preach, Paul insisted. 1 Corinthians 1.17 It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. 1 Corinthians 1.12 How shall they hear without a preacher? Romans 10.14 So preach, he exhorted. 1 Timothy 4.2 Though it is easily overlooked, we must never forget that preach the word assigns not only our content, the word, but mandates the method by which it is communicated, preaching. Preach, this is God's idea, God's method, God's command, and it must therefore be the most excellent verbal means of him being glorified. I think it's important. (laughs) I think it's very important. The word of God, the wonder of preaching that taught the word of God. And I'd like to just go and read two of Peter's sermons. Chapter 2 of Acts, 22 and following to the end, and Acts chapter 3. Peter didn't plan to preach. It just happened. <laughs> and God's, he, he didn't write out a sermon. He just preached with the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And you know what resulted? 3,000 people got saved. And then at the end of the second sermon, 5,000 people got saved because he just preached the word of God. The preaching of the cross is important for the wonder of preaching. In 1741, on the 8th of July, Jonathan Edwards preached his famous sermon, Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God, from Psalm 73, verse 17 and 18. He read the sermon in a monotone voice, and God moved. And it was the beginning of the Great Awakening in America. Thousands and thousands of people were affected because the Word of God was preached. What are we doing with the Word of God in our private homes? How much time are we spending in the Word of God? We wonder why the churches are falling apart and are having problems. It's because we're not reading and obeying the Word of God. The wonder of the preaching of the Word of God. And lastly, the wonder of the power received through the offering of the cross. <laughs> Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the, it is the power 
of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It's the power of cleansing. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, we know these verses. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Christ. The wonder of the power received through its offering. Power to cleanse. Cleanses us from all sin. Psalm 51, 7. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. When we come to the cross We are cleansed, completely clean. Nothing else can do it. You know, if we don't get cleansed by the blood, the cost of that is eternity in hell. That's the power of the blood. It cleanses us from all of those things that we would have to spend eternity in hell for. Do we understand the power in the blood? That's a big cleansing. Better than any bath we'll ever have or shower. 1 John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Power to forgive. <laughs> Ephesians 4 32, and if ye be and be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. You know, he never brings it up again. We with our human minds can remember the things done against us. But God with his omnipotent, omniscient mind does not bring him up again. Power to forgive. Be ye kind to one another, forgiving one another. But we must confess and we must repent for that sin to be forgiven. Power to pardon, the wonder of the power of the cross. To cleanse, to forgive and to pardon. And Isaiah 55 says, and verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God for he will abundantly pardon. I don't know that any of us know what it is to be pardoned in this world. Maybe we haven't been pardoned by a judge because we haven't done a sin that's put us in that position. But we have all need to be pardoned by God, don't we? And he has pardoned us. (laughs) He has abundantly pardoned us. Power to pardon through the power of the cross, through the offering of the cross. Power to transform, Romans 12.2. And be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transformed. And in Second Corinthians 3.18, But we all with open face behold as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed. That is transformed or metamorpho, like a bug to a butterfly, into the same image by the glory of From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God, power to transform from a grub to a butterfly. (laughs) Power to transform a sinner to a saint. The power of the cross 
in the offering of the Lord Jesus Christ has power to transform us. And if you don't believe you're a sinner, then you can't be saved, can you? And that we need that transformation. Power to, pray, to raise us, and that's in 1 Corinthians 15. We're talking a bit about this in the, uh, in the adult class, you know. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he comes back, we, for that time of the millennium, will have an immortal body. They on the earth will have mortal bodies. We will have a great advantage. We won't have to eat. We won't have to sleep. We won't have to drink. We can if we want. But the mortals will have to do what we've done for the, our lifetime, but for a thousand years. They won't have the, the, the devil around. <laughs> they won't have a, a lot of other things that we have had to put up with. But praise God, we will have a, a, a complete immortal body I don't know about you but I'm looking forward to the day when we have an immortal body and the power is in the cross <laughs> to transform transform if, if Jesus can create it with a spoken word in seven days all that he did, did, he, did can he fix it? <laughs> absolutely with a spoken word with a it, Lazarus in the grave he said what Lazarus come forth did he disobey of course he didn't he came out and when he says come forth all those it'll happen in an atom of a second and last of all he has power to redeem First Ephesians 1 7 in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace the wonder of the power received through his offering power to redeem have you been redeemed are you saved are you born again are you washed in the blood of the lamb because if you're not you need to be time's late time's finishing the day of salvation is almost up and we need to be saved don't waste time don't waste don't lose the opportunity there's the wonder of these things that we've looked at the wonder of the love the thought of the cross the wonder of the sacrifice that brought it and the wonder of preaching that teaches it and the wonder of the power received through its offering. Just trust the Lord today. Pray to people get saved through the power of the Spirit. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Moving hearts today as only you can. We can't make people as much as we would like to Transform lives today, Lord, for your glory and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.